welcome and thank you for joining us for Growing Young Minds. In this podcast, we will explore ways in which we can build kindness and acceptance in our children through early childhood learning. My name is Lisa Kim, and I'm a public school teacher in the Washington Heights section of New York City. So right now I currently teach pre-K three, but I've also taught second and first grade. I taught kindergarten and pre-K four. In fact, I have been teaching early childhood in the very same school for 20 years now and counting. It seems everyone these days has a point of view on how to improve our educational system. New types of schools, new types of teaching methods, new technologies. Nixon out of 10, bringing the youngest minds into Central Florida's exploding tech sector. Now there's an effort to teach children about tech at a much younger age. Little Explorers bills itself as a STEM preschool. That's science, technology, engineering, and math. It's the 21st century, and that's our society, and they need to learn it right away. Kids are no longer just sitting in their seats to learn things such as history and math. Teachers are now having students use their hands to act out their lessons right as they happen. In Finland, it's individual teachers who decide how the curriculum is taught, including how much technology should feature in their classrooms. And I think it's good to always think about how to improve how we teach, but I also think whatever methods you teach with, it should always be based on a foundation of kindness and acceptance. And one person who I think has embodied this is an old colleague of mine and good friend, Melissa Guzman. Melissa is an amazing educator. She's a Bank Street graduate and has made it her life mission to build a culture of kindness and acceptance in young children. Today, she and her husband, Kevin, run Small Idea. Small Idea is a daycare for kids aged one to five years old, catering towards building relationships between children and their parents based on respect and equity in Washington Heights. So Melissa and I, we met in 2000 when we were both teachers at PS128, the school I currently teach at. Starting around 2005, she began volunteering to watch neighborhood children here and there. And after a while, she found herself watching six or seven or eight children at a time. So she realized there was a bigger problem that needed to be addressed. That many working parents of young children lacked basic support and resources and needed a lot of help. So she quit her job as a public school teacher and founded Small Idea. She only charges a fraction of what a typical daycare might charge a day. She has also led the fight to get a progressive school zoned in the neighborhood. Hi, Melissa. Good to have you here. Hi. So tell me about Small Idea. What made you quit your job and start Small Idea? So um, I was working in the public schools. I was teaching first grade. I looped um, when I was pregnant with my daughter to second grade. And once I had her, she changed my whole world and I got to spend a lot of time with her. Um, and people found out that I was home with her and started bringing me their kids. And I had a house full of children, these beautiful babies just rolling around together and learning from each other. And um, it sort of made me think that there's this world of toddlers and babies and how they interact with each other that I just had never experienced before. Um, 
the public schools are very structured and there's a whole routines and um, I wanted to see this world of childcare, how working people are able to trust people to take care of their children, to go to work and what those children are doing all day and during this incredibly important developmental time when so much is happening with basic trust and social connections and language and learning and I fell in love with this time between birth to three um, and I started a whole program around these beautiful babies in my house. I know Small Idea has always had a diverse population of parents and kids. Why is it important to build a community of children to be sensitive and respectful of a diversity? So we live in a country that has um, a history of intentional segregation. And so what I try to do in my program isn't, I don't respect wait lists, I don't respect um, sort of any type of order in my enrollment process, which frustrates people to a great degree, but I have to intentionally, intentionally not segregate because we live in segregated neighborhoods and segregated spaces. Our schools are monuments of segregation and you really have to break that down and you have to go to places that you have never been and meet people that you are not familiar with and um, have conversations about raising children with everybody until you can come to a place where you can intentionally have a program that is not segregated and that's hard work. Small Idea has proactively gone out of their way to incorporate social justice in its curriculum. Like instead of the typical teaching of nursery rhymes and nursery songs like row 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 your boat, you teach them the anti-racism song. What is social justice to a child? So community is social justice when you're asked to care about your friends and you're asked to think about others. Um, when you're asked to have a job that's important to the flow of the day. Um, even as a tiny person, it's important and you own it and you love it and you do your best because it's for your family, which is your school family. And um, that is social justice. That's making sure that the meal is hot enough that you're serving for your friends or that the rabbit has enough food because that's bringing your friend who's sad a lot of joy when they can snuggle with the rabbit. All of these very important um, jobs for little people that just don't seem like very important. Sweeping up after your friend when they spilled their water or mopping up when they spilled something that's caring for people and caring as community. I remember when my first son Skylar was three years old at your daycare. Every year you would take them to annual peace rallies. It's hard enough to wrangle adults together to attend a rally. I can only imagine what it takes to pack up 10 three-year-olds and then have them walk eight blocks and then watch them for 30 minutes. It gives me anxiety just to think about planning that. Why is social justice important to teach young children, in your opinion? So that peace march and the excitement that those babies have to walk all one quarter of a mile to, <laughs> um, with their peace signs 
is just an amazing thing and they own it and they love it and they they love chanting and they love marching and they love the crowds of people that support them when they're doing this important walk like all of our amazing civil rights leaders have always done which is walk and live for peace and justice and they can learn that at a very young age and they know their circles and they draw a line and two other lines and it's their everything. You have kids as young as one or two in your program but this is a complex heavy topic even for adults. What age is appropriate? Is this too big of a concept for early childhood? I think just like all children can understand important people like mother, father, they can understand um, a Malcolm X, they can understand anybody who had a passion for caring for their people, for loving their people, because we are from families and we love each other. So. I don't think it's ever inappropriate to talk about the struggle that people have gone through to take care of their family and their loved ones. Um, children, it resonates with children to talk about important people, to talk about their work, and talk about how they themselves are important and their love and their peace and their light that they have in them, that they can show that all the time. Finally, what are some ways teachers out there can expose children to a culturally responsive, equity-driven curriculum? Ooh, it's a lot. It's the hardest work. And I think when we get bogged down with ABCs and, and the, the nitty-gritty of you know assessments and where we want children to be, I think we lose some of that really important work of just I hit my friend and I did that and I'm sorry and I own it and what that means to be in these constant conflict situations because we're humans and we're constantly in conflict and everything is in flux but to say in the most peaceful way like I own what I did and I'm sorry or not to just go over these very important conflicts because we have to go to ABCs or we have to understand this concept that the curriculum says we have to understand but the everyday minutia of, of life with children and it's so important for them to get into the conflict and understand how to resolve things peacefully and there's so much language and literacy and everything that you want to be teaching children that come out of resolving conflict peacefully. Thank you to my guest and good friend Melissa for allowing us a deeper understanding and how we can create a community of fair and kind young children. Thank you all for listening to Growing Young Minds.